Well, it's an absolute pleasure to have you in church today, and I'm super excited about really what this is about. And so I want to start with really something that's found in the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. I'd like to read from there. Familiar Bible verse for a lot of you, maybe new for some of you. But what I'm about to read is considered of one of the letters Paul wrote. And Paul received letters from a group of people that had started a church in Corinth. Corinth was a city, first century city, populated by Romans and Greeks and different people from different parts of the world. And it was an interesting city. It was obviously a, a city that had commerce and trade, but it also had retired soldiers, Roman soldiers, ex killers, trained killers. I mean, imagine that. Who's the guy next door? Oh, he was a former Roman soldier. <gasps> Literally, the Roman Empire, the, the, the Roman military was the most trained, highly trained. It, it was the uh, unusual for an army to be paid, and Roman soldiers were paid with pension, with plans. With Often they would get land allotted to them after they'd served their time in the Roman army. And so Corinth had a fair share of tension and had lots of temples and religion and idol worship and temple prostitution, even to the point where they would sacrifice children to the God of this and the God of that. And so it was an interesting city. And so for the church to flourish there was mind-blowing. And so when Paul writes this letter and he replies back to the letters they're writing, they're trying to build a church with all these tensions, you know. Imagine building a church and, 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 and there's, a, there's a lady that's come to the house of faith and she's come, come to know Jesus. Uh, but her background was she was, one of the, she was raised up in the temple and she was raised to be a prostitute in the temple. There's thousands of men had slept with her and she somehow found her way coming to know Jesus and now she's in the local church. Or maybe, maybe there was children that were dis- disowned or they were the product of a rape or, 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 or soldiers or something and, and, they, and they found themselves in the house of God. And we find all sorts of incredible, real, tangible, complicated stories of people's lives. And so you need to understand, it's not just reading it on the 21st century in Berlin, it's to understand the tension of the moment. He replies back to this group of people that are now calling themselves the church. And he says something that I believe is still very pertinent to the 21st century believers in modern day Berlin. Because you don't know who you're sitting next to today. You don't know what they've done. You don't know where they've come from. You don't know my past. I don't know your past. We all have a past. But what's more important is we have a Savior that is loving, consistent, and purposeful about moving our lives forward. What unites us is not culture. What unites us is the consistency of heaven, Jesus. So what is beautiful about this is he poorly writes and he says, you can easily see how this kind of thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of one spirit, we all said goodbye to our self-absorbed lives. We each used to independently call our own shots. But when we entered into this large and integrated life in which Christ has the final say in everything. 
This is what we proclaim in word and action when we were water baptized. Isn't it incredible that water baptism was important then and it should be still important today? It's not about sprinkling, it's about full immersion because all you've got to ask yourself, did Jesus go under the water or did He get sprinkled? And you know the answer, He went under, which means what are you and I going to do? We're going under. But He didn't just stay under, He came up to live the promise of God that God had called him to live. And that's what you and I call, and that's what he's saying. He says, hey, just like through word and action. Water baptism doesn't save you, but what it does is it makes you public to the world that you're a follower of Jesus. And I believe that it's important that we understand you're not going to go forward by resisting what God's got for you. And I believe there's a shift in our church or in this area because we don't see enough water baptisms in our church. We see literally hundreds and hundreds of people coming to faith. But I want to see hundreds and hundreds of people actually being water baptized. Why? Because we're not a real church if we're just hanging in there. Real church means people are coming to faith and they're not just coming, but they're staying in the faith and they're growing in the faith and they're moving in the faith and they're enlarging in the faith and they're helping other people to come and be a part of the faith. That's a church. We're not called to be a social club and, oh, well, we just know each other and I know him and he knows me and I like her cake and I like her muffins and I like her. You all like everyone's food. Listen, I love that churches love each other and care for each other and feed each other. But God didn't call us just to look after each other. He called us to reach out to those who don't know. And that's called the Great Commission. And so let's never forget. Let's help move people from wherever they are to where they can be and where they should be in Jesus' name. Each of us is now a part of His resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, His Spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels once used to identify ourselves like Jew, Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something more larger and more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. But I also want you to think about how this keeps your significance from getting blown up into self-importance and self-righteousness. For no matter how significant you are, it is only because of what you're a part of. The way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Remember, He's talking to Corinthians. He's talking to first century believers. And He's talking to the 21st century believers. Remember the model of understanding the body, the human body. Well, that's representation of our lives as a church. Every part dependent on other parts. The parts we mention and the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If everyone if one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part celebrates and rejoices. You are Christ's body. That's who you are. You must never forget this. Only as you accept your part of that body does your part mean anything. Only as you accept your part does that part mean anything. Imagine that if you've grown up in a temple prostitute. You've come into the house of God and you've been defined by everything else and then suddenly you're hearing a letter read out in church and, and Paul is trying to say to every one of them that's come from difficult backgrounds that you're now a part of Christ. Your old has gone, the new has come. 
And he's basically saying that you have a part to play in the work of Jesus. And you might feel that you're not good enough. You might feel like you're not capable. You feel like maybe you've got too many scars and bruises. And then you hear the good news about Jesus was bruised so you could be healed. He was cursed so you could be blessed. He was separated so you could be reunited with your heavenly Father. You're sitting here in the good news and the chains of the past begin to fall off. And you begin to have hope in your heart and perspective that's lifting you. And that's what the letter was written out to the Corinthians because they were realizing my part, I have a part. And then amazingly, I'm going to accept my part. And when you accept your part, meaning comes. And maybe you never had meaning. Maybe the meaning of your life was to meet the needs of other people through temple prostitution. Maybe it was to meet the needs of others through this situation. Maybe it was to meet the needs of people through this. You're not this. You're not that. You're not that label. You're not free. You're not this. You're not that. You're a child of God. If it worked in the first century, it will work in the 21st century. And I wonder in the 21st century, what are we wanting to hear and what are we needing to hear? And he says, unless you accept your part, your part has no meaning. In other words, meaning comes from accepting your part. And I think it's important we live in a world where literally people are looking for meaning. And if you can think about what is the meaning of meaning, what is the meaning of meaning? It means original intention. It means significance. It means purpose. And last time I looked, our world is dying with loneliness and loneliness doesn't care what's in your bank account. Loneliness doesn't care what your name is. Loneliness doesn't care how many people follow you. You can have a million followers and still be lonely. You can literally be in a concert playing to literally thousands and thousands of people and they can scream and they can shout and they can absolutely bow down like you're their God and go back to your hotel room and be absolutely hooked on drugs and depressed and absolutely wishing that you didn't live this life. The highs are high, but the lows are low. And so loneliness is not basically the absence of people. It's the absence of purpose. You can be surrounded by people and lonely. You can be in a church and lonely. You can be in a marriage and lonely. And so loneliness, what is it? The absence of purpose. Yeah, but he's saying here is by accepting your part, you can discover meaning. And in other words, until you accept your part in the body of Christ, you're never going to know what meaning is. But when you accept your part in His body, and you begin to function, you begin to find meaning. You find original intention. This is what I was made to do. I didn't know I was going to do this for the rest of my life, speak. But I look back when I was a little kid, couldn't shut me up. My school reports, Mark has a lot of potential, but he talks a lot. Well, thank you, teacher, you're speaking to my potential. But they didn't realize they were speaking to my potential. They were trying to shut me up to do maths. What am I doing today? I'm talking, not doing maths. I employ someone to do maths. <laughs> but I'm trying to help you understand who's he talking to. He's talking to interesting people who became the body of Christ. And he said, unless you accept your part, your part means nothing. And why is it that we in the 21st century still need to discover meaning? I don't believe people try to get lost. I believe the sheep just got lost because it just got lost. I don't think the little sheepy literally was like, I'm going to get lost. 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 I don't think the little sheepy was running around going, lost, lost, lost. I just think he just had a little bit of grass, a little bit of grass, a little bit of grass, green grass. Get your grass right. 
little bit of grass. And then suddenly it looked up and go, huh? I know it's not a good illustration, but it's the best I got right now. I think sometimes people just end up going, huh? How did I get here? And I think sometimes we've got to remind ourselves is that the story, the narrative is that someone left the 99 to go for the one. And I think the Hillsong Channel literally is an arm into people's homes that we would never get invited to. It literally is a channel that goes into palaces and prisons. And though it's just been presented to us an opportunity recently, I believe that we need to play our part. And so this is what it's all about is, is really accepting our part, playing our part and realizing it will bring original intention, it will bring significance and it will bring purpose. And I believe that there's a whole lot of people in our world today, they need to know they mean something to someone. And I just think what an opportunity we have as a generation to go where we never thought we could go. To go into prisons and palaces and to go into the homes of people that would maybe never, ever consider coming to a local church. We live in a time where things were really are possible. Through technology, we can do things that are a whole nother. That's why it's important we know that social media is not just about comparison, which is so destructive, but it's actually about a platform to tell incredible stories. And we've got to realize what we have before us. So let come on, Hillsong Berlin, let's play our part. Because I believe meaning is connected to playing our part. We'll never have meaning if we don't play our part. And our part is not what we want, it's what He wants. So I want you to be reminded when Joyce and I collectively as a community said yes back in February to Hillsong Berlin, we said yes to what God wants in this city, in this nation and beyond. So let's raise up the people that need to be raised up. Let's encourage each other, sing psalms and melody to each other, pray for each other, make meals for each other, lift each other when we feel down and lift our arms when we feel like our hands are down and to lift our spirit when we feel down. But to say, come on, there's more in you. There's more in us. We can do more because of Jesus.